I'm back. That is right. Jeremy Brand here, the host of Sucker Radio, and I am back. You know, they say if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, you know it's true love. Well, guess what? Sucker Radio is back. 2018, I was hounded in 2017. Not hounded. That's the wrong wording. I guess I was bugged a few times, or told a few times, by my good friend and host of the MMA Circus, writer over at BloodyElbow.com, Nick Baldwin, the kid, the young prodigy, the boy wonder, to start back up podcasting. I don't know why I ever stopped. You know, life sometimes gets in the way, um, as things always come up. I've been training a lot more, jiu-jitsu, might start competing again in 2018, need to lose a few pounds, but, you know, life comes up. I started another show, Suck a Voice Radio, with uh, Dave, the voice, Boyce, owner of RDS, host of two fantastic radio shows, one podcast, one radio show, This Boyce Life, and The Voice Boys Show on Sirius XM. You can check those out. Make sure you hit up iTunes or anywhere that podcasts are related and check out This Boy's Life and The Voice Boy Show because uh, he and I had some fun. We did like 10 episodes maybe, something like that. Actually, I'm looking at iTunes right now. and We did seven episodes, but that was fun while it lasted. Again, commitments pop up and things are not able to run as smoothly as they should. So that show ended in May of last year, and the last time Sucker Radio was on the air was in February of 2017. February 27th, 2017, in fact, my guest was Jeremy Kennedy, and he's gone on to do some great things in the world of the UFC. The local cat, JBC Jeremy Kennedy, he's got a fight coming up pretty soon. But yeah, I'm back. And this show is going to be bigger and better than ever. And bigger, I say that because my guest this week is none other than Shinju Eau Claire. She fights for Ryzen. And if you know Mike Skite from MMASucker.com, you may not know the name. You would know his writing because all he writes about is Ryzen. So that's why I say it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Especially this episode. Especially for Mike because... That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about Ryzen, and I'm going to talk about Shinju Eau Claire with Shinju Eau Claire. It's going to be a great interview. Hang around for that. But first, before we get into the interview, 2017 came and gone, and over at MMASucka.com, you can check out our 2017 MMA awards, but I'll go over them for you. Let's start with Fighter of the Year, our winner, is Rose Namajunas. Unanimously, a ton of people picked Rose, uh, but it followed behind by a few others. Kyoji Horiguchi, obviously Mike Skype picked him. Why? Because he fights for Ryzen. And Mike likes Ryzen. Other names that were on the list for Fighter of the Year, Robert Whitaker, Vulcan Ozdemar, uh, Rafael Dos Santos, just to name a few. But how could you not pick Rose? Because she had a year of a year. 
She went 2-0 in 2017 and had the biggest fight of her career against Joanna Champion, taking that championship away from her. So guess what? If you don't know how to pronounce her name, you're in for some trouble because you cannot call her Joanna Champion anymore. It's Joanna Jacek. That fight also earned our upset of the year because, once again, Rose was not expected to win, but she did. Moving forward, our knockout of the year had a few different candidates as well. Some of them were Paul Daly knocking out Brendan Ward, Matt Brown with that nasty elbow coming over the top against Diego Sanchez. I don't know. I think it might have hit the back of the head, but it was a nasty knockout nonetheless. Wesley Riddle picked Humberto Bandene, uh, knocking out Martin Bravo. Uh, Ryan Wagner took Edson Barboza, knocking out Benil Dariush. Uh, Jason Burgos took Mark Dicassi, uh, knocking out Timu Pakalen. And the winner is obvious. How could you not pick this? The only reason... 99% of people out there picked it is because of the photo that was taken. Francis Ngannou knocking out Alistair Overeem just 1 minute and 42 seconds into the co-main event at UFC 218. Man, oh man, what a friggin' uppercut that was. Our submission of the year went to Demetrius Johnson against tapping out Ray Borg with the most amazing suplex followed by an arm bar, like, it was insane. Threw him up, grabbed the arm midair, and transferred into an arm bar. Like, it's easily one of the greatest submissions of all time. And uh, there were some other picks, but I'm not even going to go over those because you don't need to hear anything else other than Demetrius Johnson with that freaking crazy arm bar. Our fight of the year went to Yancey Medeiros versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. This one went down at UFC 218 not too long ago. The two went to war for 12 minutes, and uh, this one was as intense as it could get for the full 12 minutes. 168 significant strikes thrown, and both fighters combined for four knockdowns. It was absolutely amazing. Comeback of the year, I had it a little different. I think I was the only one who took this fight. Uh, actually, no, Justin Perot took it as well. And you know what? For some reason, my pick on the site doesn't say it. But Ryan Jane's de- defeating Andrew Sanchez. I've seen Ryan Jane's fight a ton on the local scene, at Battlefield Fight League, at AFC, when AFC was still around. And this guy is nothing less than the Terminator. It's, it's absolutely insane. He gets punched. I've seen him get hit by a guy named Brandon Kornberger with everything but the kitchen sink, and he keeps coming forward. And guess what? Andrew Sanchez did the same thing. He rocked him a few times. He clocked him. He kicked him. He punched him. He took him down. He friggin' beat the shit out of him. Ryan James was able to weather the storm and finish a very tired Andrew Sanchez. But our winner is Darren Elkins defeating Mirsad Bektik. Bektik, uh, you know, he took it to Elkins like crazy. He had four takedowns, uh, had nearly nine minutes of control time, and then in the blink of an eye, Elkins landed a right hand followed by a right kick. 
that sent Bektik to the floor and notching Elkins the victory and Bektik earning his first blemish on his record. How could anyone other than George St. Pierre win comeback fighter of the year? The guy had a four-year hiatus, retirement, I guess. Obviously, he was training. He moved up from welterweight to middle to middleweight and challenged champion Michael Bisping for the UFC middleweight gold. Many scratched their heads at the fact that GSP was getting a title shot at middleweight. Nonetheless, the man looked as good as ever. And guess what? It was not a boring fight by any means. A lot of people judged GSP in the past for taking guys down and smothering them and doing what he did to them on the ground, beating them at their own game at times. But his stand-up was intense in this fight. He was landing some heavy jabs. We've seen him do that before, but... This fight, he just looked great. He was massive in the cage, too. He he looked like he had put on some serious poundage and uh, finished Michael Bisping, earning him the championship and becoming a two-weight champion. But he has since relinquished that belt. Robert Whitaker, the champion, and GSP, we don't know what happens with him next. That's all I'm going to go over for our MMA Sucka 2017 MMA Awards. If you want to check them out, head on over to MMASucka.com. We've got some other great articles over there. As I said, Mike Skite with a ton of Ryzen stuff. Um, Siraj Sukumar put up a wicked piece against Miles Jury. And things are just going wicked over at MMASucka.com. We have some great writers, great talent. And it's only picking up steam for 2018, so keep it locked to that site for everything and anything MMA-related. I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm not going to go over those news and rumors and all that other stuff. You can hear that on any Mixed Martial Arts podcast. This is not that. This is a show where I don't want to babble on too much. I've already done that for 10 minutes leading into the guest that I have, but guess what? We're going to get to that guest right now. We're going to get to Shinju Eau Claire, rising undefeated fighter right after this. Joining the show now, our first guest of 2018. Heck, I don't even know if we did a show in 2017, but I'm super excited to get this show back on the road. Sucker Radio, back in action, joining the show this time around for the first episode, Ryzen fighter Shinju Eau Claire. Thanks for joining me, Shinju. No problem. Thanks for having me. For sure. And uh, you're someone that I've wanted to chat to for a while. I've been a fan of, you know, Japanese MMA. Since you got on the board with Ryzen uh, mid-2017, you're someone that I wanted to talk to because came onto the scene like literally just this year, you you know, you had your three amateur fights, you had your two pro fights, so you sort of just busted onto the scene out of nowhere. Uh, let's go back a bit and talk about like early life kind of thing, growing up. What sort of got you into mixed martial arts and, and martial arts in general? Um, I originally, I started out with uh, Kyokushin Karate, um, Oyama Karate when I was younger I was about nine years old when I started, and the reason I started was because my little sister actually got into it before I did, and everybody was telling her how cute she looked in the karate gi, <laughs> and I got re- I got really jealous. So that's that's actually how I started, but then I actually ended up really liking it, and I 
I stuck with karate for a while and then um and then I was I think 21 or 22 and I had some spare time and so I started picking up boxing and then that and then I started uh and then I went to a, an, an MMA gym and then by the time I was 23 I think is when I did that first amateur fight. So this was literally not that long ago, like a couple of years back that that you just started and, and you're already fighting for one of the biggest organizations in Asia. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I couldn't have possibly imagined that it would have happened this fast. So going into your, I mean, yeah, you said you had uh, Kyokushin Karate. Did, did you compete in that as a kid or was it just strictly training? Uh, yeah, I competed in that too when I was younger. So then coming up, you, you found mixed martial arts, you or started boxing. Uh, what led you into the mixed martial arts side of things? Was it just that you enjoyed, it was happening at the gym, you enjoyed doing it, you, you saw what other people were doing? What piqued your interest in mixed martial arts? Or was it a fighter? Was it a fight? Was it something you saw? I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was watching, I was a UFC fan, so I think, um, I had I had quit karate because I was doing karate and ballet when I was younger, and then I it got to the point where um, I had to kind of pick one or the other to focus on, and I ended up picking ballet. But I I was watching UFC and I was like, man, I wonder if I had stuck with training martial arts this whole time instead of going, you know, and, and training and dance, if I if I could be any good at this, and um, so that's kind of what what you know made me want to go back and give it a go how far along did you get with the dance um i i trained um until i was about 14 or 15 but i ended up having too many ankle injuries to be able to um continue on and and take that route seriously so your friends obviously growing up were you know uh, obviously from all realms of, of life and, and dance, probably you, you gained friends through that. What were their thoughts when you went into the, the mixed martial arts cage? Oh, um, man, it's crazy because I think dance, people don't realize, is, um, ballet is a very, very athletically demanding sport. And so, I mean, it kind of almost makes sense. I think a lot of dancers, a lot of ballerinas are actually quite tough. Um, and... Yeah, I think I think they think it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't hear that. You don't hear the tra- you know, you hear the transition from wrestling or or right. judo or anything like that. Uh I don't think we'll hear more transitions from ballet to mixed right. martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's it's um I think it translates really well. There's a lot of you know, things that I think that I am able to use from dance, especially like in grappling too that helped me like the flexibility and stuff like that is is quite helpful in jujitsu so you did take stuff along with you from the dance like i guess footwork too is you you already had sort of movement skills you know you, you didn't have two left feet out there right <laughs> and then also just um standing on your toes for a you know extended period of time it hurts and it actually requires quite a bit of mental toughness until you know, there's a, there's a certain point in dance when you start losing kind of the the nerves or the feelings in your feet. But up until then, you're walking around on, on bloodied feet for, you know, 
a, g- a good amount of time. So. Geez, so you were used to pain from early on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had your first amateur fight early 2017, uh, earned the decision victory, then followed up uh, Chelsea Legrasse disqualification loss. What was going through your head when that fight happened? I mean, it, it, it was in the first round. It was a disqualification because of a kick. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? And, and do you look back on that as sort of a learning experience? Yeah, so I didn't know in Ohio amateur rules that you couldn't throw the head kicks. And they told us in the rules meeting right before the fight. And, you know, obviously that's my fault for not, not looking into it. I had just assumed um, that, that you, you'd be able to throw those. And then during during the fight, it was just too last minute of because I had trained to, to throw the head kicks for the entire fight camp because she was much shorter than I was. Um, so that was kind of a, a sort of a game plan going in and I just kept seeing that hand coming down and just instinct took over and I kept throwing them and, I, <laughs> and I'd like be halfway through the kick. I'm like, Oh shit, we're in Ohio. And I'd, pull on, <laughs> I'd have to pull on the kick in the last minute, but I threw him a couple times and I thought I was getting a point deducted. And then, um, then the announcer came in and said the fight was over and I was like, what? <laughs> when you threw, when you threw them and and pulled them, what, was the referee giving you warnings or anything? Yeah, I got a, I got a warning on the first one, and then I I, I don't know. We, I don't think very much during my fight. So when I when I I just let him go a couple times. For sure. I I felt bad afterwards. <laughs> so the the your final amateur fight, you got your first stoppage victory, first round uh, against Alyssa Lawrence. Now your fight against her was in June, and uh-huh. then your first Ryzen fight was in July. Was the Ryzen fight already signed prior to that fight with Alyssa? Um, I had signed with Ryzen actually in April, but they were going to let me take a bunch of amateur fights that year, and I was supposed to debut for for Ryzen at the end of December. Okay. Um, but after my fight with Alyssa, they asked me. They were like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to come in and, and uh, take a fight for us in July instead?" And I I thought about it, and I was like, it, it didn't take me long to to let him know I was I was I was down. So what was the fight camp like then? I guess you just continued on straight from that uh, that last amateur fight right into the Ryzen training camp. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really do. Uh, fight camps as much because I, I kind of always train uh, just because I love being at the gym so much so it my when I'm in fight camp and when I'm not in fight camp there isn't a huge difference the only thing that was different about this time was that um, I was in Japan for a whole month before the fight so I um, it was just me and my boyfriend training ourselves for that month was that to like climatize yourself? Um, I was doing like some PR stuff for them, and the, yeah, just just to get used to it. Um, we were able to train uh, at the AACC gym. Um, we didn't train with any of the team or anything. We just had a uh, trained ourselves in there. But <laughs> I mean, you were born in the states, but you have you been to Japan before? I'm guessing you have the Asian background. Yeah, I actually used to go every single summer. Um, growing up. Okay, so climatization wasn't like a giant thing for you then. You just wanted to do it to... No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that first fight, 
Sheena Brandenburg, you pulled off first round submission victory. Uh, pro fight, was there anything different other than the fact of the spectacle that is Ryzen? You know, at the end of the day, it's still somebody across the ring from you um, that that's trying to take you out. So when it comes down to it, not necessarily. Um, but obviously, you know, there's all the other factors. There's, you know, the, the promotional side of it. And then there's the, the size of the arena and the, the amount of people that are in there. And the, the energy feels a little bit different, you know, when you're inside there. Um yeah, I mean, once the bell goes off, there isn't really a difference. For sure. You said the PR side of things, like interviews and all that kind of stuff. Did you do any interviews during your amateur career? Yeah, I did. I did, a, you know, a few. I did just like a couple of podcasts and stuff. And then I did like a, a news thing. But it wasn't anywhere near the level of what of the the PR commitments that we have to do now. All right, so just a few months later, just this past month, December 31st, New Year's Eve, you got that rematch against Chelsea LeGrasse. I heard in an interview that you did with James Lynch that you don't really care about previous fights. You don't look back on it. You don't think about, hey, I want to get you know revenge or you want to avenge a loss or whatever. But it must have been nice to get in there and actually get that finish. Yeah, you know, after the fact, I, w- I was happy that I went ahead and did that. Um I originally wasn't too interested in in, in the rematch because um, it almost didn't even feel like a rematch because of how how the fight ended. I would have been more interested, I think, in the rematch if like I was getting com- my like my ass completely beat or something yeah. like that, and I and I like felt like I had something to prove. But I was kind of just like, eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, it was really fun. And I was glad I got to do it. Um, Chelsea's really sweet, so it, it was fun that we both got to go out there and yeah. You had awesome. to show some tenacity in that fight too. I mean, early on, you were stuck in a triangle. Looked pretty deep. What what was going through your head there? Um, you know, when when it first locked up, I felt fine, and then I. And then at a certain point, it started getting really tight, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, the, I started getting like the the room started to get a little bit dark, and then I heard I couldn't hear my corner, but I heard Vanderlei Silva was sitting in the front row, and I heard him yelling at me. No way! I heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard him saying, "Look up, posture, posture, look up!" And I was like, "There is no way I'm tapping." when Vanderlei Silva <laughs> is yelling at me. So I looked up as hard as I could and I opened my eyes really big to make sure that I wouldn't go out again. <laughs> and and I, I, was, I was able to get out. <laughs> I, think, I think, I mean, I didn't, obviously I didn't hear Vanderlei Silva say that, but I did see you posture up, eyes wide open, and my God, your face was like as red as Rudolph's nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the all the blood was coming back to me. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. Uh, did you? I, I guess you've known Vanderlei for a little while, or was this the first time hearing his voice? No, this was the first time I'd seen him as I was um, walking out because I I was watching the other fights backstage, and uh, you know, um, you know, other fighters were shaking his hand and whatnot as they were walking out of the ring. So I knew exactly where he was sitting, and I heard the voice coming from that ear because my my left ear where my my corner was sitting um where uh, I, I was blocked off with her her thigh so my only ear that was open was the one that was right 
next to him. So yeah, I I, I hadn't met him before. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of a cool experience, and that's a cool story yeah. to tell because I mean, Vanderlei Silva is. Vanderlei Silva he's a, like a, a living legend, legend. And, <laughs> yeah, and I no, saw I mean, that you had that picture with him afterwards I mean uh-huh. did you guys talk much did you say hey man you helped me out so much during that yeah. moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was able to thank him I was like thank you so much for the coaching after you know um I couldn't really hear my quarter and he was like yeah that triangle was close girl I, was like, <laughs> I know <laughs> so the fight returned to the feet uh landed yeah. a pretty good head kick which wasn't a disqualification this time (laughs) (laughs) fight goes to the mat you lock in the arm bar and then had to readjust did you think you were going to get it on that initial arm bar um yeah I thought I thought I was and then uh she she came up I didn't have the I didn't have the grip in right away didn't have her thumb pointing up so she she came up and she was you know trying to hitchhike so I kind of had to turn my hips in the other way and it it, it was a weird. I've never finished an arm bar like that, but I had, had to get creative there. I'll say it was pretty nasty. Right over the <laughs> thigh. Uh, it, it looked like it could have snapped for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I was... I mean, once I had it in there, I was... You know, it felt it felt good. I, I felt the crank in there, but up until then, I, I thought I was going to lose it until I kind of felt, felt her stop hitchhiking. And then I was like, oh shit, she can't move. So I, I turned my hips in and... And then my, my, my boyfriend, after the fight, he was like, hey, put me in that armbar real fast. I, I can't even believe that worked. So, so I, I put him in the armbar, and he was like, holy shit, that's tight. Nice. <laughs> now, now, both your Ryzen fights, actually, I want to ask you something else first. You said that you were supposed to fight initially after that first match in October. Um, then this one came up. So was the fight in October initially supposed to be with Chelsea as well? No, the Chelsea. I I don't even think I got the the opponent for this fight until I want to say the last week of November. Oh wow. Um, I knew I was fighting, but I just did. I just didn't have an opponent. Um, yeah, I think about somewhere in November. I also read somewhere that you had a pretty nasty knee injury going into this fight. Is that correct? Uh, elbow. I had my UCL was torn. Okay, your elbow. Yeah. Man, oh man, that that's an injury that most people, you know, pull out of fights for. They don't walk into the cage when they tear something on their body. What? <laughs> what? What? The hell is the deal with that? Um, I don't know. I ha- I had already committed to taking the fight. I'd never gone into a fight without an injury, really. Who so, does, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it, it happens and. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just love fighting so much. I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> so what is it about fighting that you love? Because obviously a girl like you growing up, you're not someone, I'm sure you didn't get into a lot of street fights or anything like that. What is it that you love about fighting? You like getting punched in the face. You like get, getting into fights. You like beating girls up. What is it about it that, that piques your interest? I definitely don't like getting punched in the face, <laughs> um, but I don't know, j- just the, the, I, I, it's funny because I read this article, I think it was on ESPN about, it was like Holly Holm and, and GSP and a couple of other guys, who is it, uh, Cerrone and stuff like that, they talk about how scared and nervous they get when they walk out and how their whole bodies like lock up and, and it's just like, it sounds like this terrible experience. 
And to me, like, I, I don't understand that because <laughs> when I walk, when I walk out, it is the single best feeling in the world. And I, I just, I don't know. The, I almost like the walkout more than the fight, but just walking out and getting into the ring and, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm two minutes away from being able to, to, to get in a fight with somebody and, and, you know, showcase everything that I've been working hard on is just, it's exhilarating. And, you know, even during the fight to, to overcome adversity, you know, getting in the, in the submission and then, uh, getting the arm bar at the end. It's, it's just such a, a, an awesome feeling to get in there and challenge yourself. It's definitely, it's the hardest sport in the world and I love a good challenge. Do you wish you got into it earlier? Yeah, yeah, you know, always I wish I got into it earlier. All right, two Ryzen fights, five fights in total in 2017. Your two Ryzen fights, you got submission victories in both, both in the first round. Now, your boyfriend, I know he competes in jiu-jitsu. He competed a, a little while back at Fight to Win. Uh, is this where your submission game is coming from? I actually didn't get to grapple at all for this camp, and we were planning, the game plan was to keep it standing, um, so yeah, I, I didn't train any jujitsu at all, but yeah, up until <laughs> then, he's been my, my main jujitsu coach, and then I'm also at um, El Nino Training Center, and they have some, some really awesome grappling coaches there, too. Nice. Now, th that's something that changed up since your last camp, but you moved back to San Francisco or mm -hmm. yeah, the Bay Area. Uh, what the change in in camps? What was the reasoning behind this? Was uh, it just to get higher level training partners? Uh, was it to get in there with you know obviously Gilbert Melendez's gym, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it, both of those reasons. Um, I and, and you know the main thing is that I'm from San Francisco, so um, you know out in Michigan, I, I didn't really know many people so sometimes it got a little bit tricky uh, but but being back home is, is the best and I had gone to I'd trained at El Nino a couple times when I'd come back to visit my family and then it, it just felt like a perfect fit every time I came back it was the training here is awesome so yeah. all right we're 2018 January right now you're obviously not going to get five fights with Ryzen in the calendar year. That that just probably is highly unlikely. Uh, I know you want to be active. Ryzen uh, seems to be gaining steam and, and putting on amazing fight cards. Do you think you'll get what, – what's your goal for the amount of fights this calendar year? Um, You know, with my arm right now, I'm having to decide whether I want it pull the trigger and do the surgery or if I want to try doing um three months of uh PT first and then so it kind of also depends on what's going on with that um I maybe that I might not even get to fight until the fall okay but um as soon as my arm's better I'm gonna be begging and pleading with Ryzen to put me on every <laughs> single card they've got <laughs> I, I want to stay as active as possible and you love fighting in Asia, right? Like you love fighting for Ryzen. There's no, there's no dream anymore to fight. Like you've fought in front of the hometown of the United States or home country of the United States in your amateur fights. Is is that a goal of yours to fight at home in the United States? Because not only are are you loving Ryzen, but I have actually heard through the rumor mill that Ryzen is looking to put on fights in the United States. 
Yeah, they announced at their last press conference that they're wanting to um, put on shows in the United, or um, I'm not sure about the United States, but they said in, you know, uh, foreign countries. Yes. So I'm not sure where they were planning on that being. I'm not sure if Ryzen's going to be able to put the pride rules on in the U.S., though, because I'm not sure if a commission would um, uh, allow that. Um so I'm, I'm not sure where they're thinking. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd love, I like fighting anywhere. I do really absolutely love the production value of Ryzen. Like I said, the walkout's almost my favorite part of the fight. And I don't think there's any promotion out there that can really compete with the Ryzen's walkout production. <laughs> All right, let's move away from the fight. Let's talk just a few more minutes here with you. Um, what happened post-fight? Like, what's your? Do you have any sort of routines that you do post-fight in terms of celebration after the fight, going out and partying, doing all that other kind of stuff? Post-fight meals. Uh, what What do you do post-fight? I am the most boring person you'll ever meet. I went to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, so we I, we didn't even get back to the hotel until I think two a.m. Um, so we missed the first fighter bus that 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 uh, left from the arena to go back to the hotels. So we had to wait for the second one, and we can't. The fighters can't leave until everybody's done with their doping check. So they have to be able to pee. And the only fighters that were left were myself and uh, Horiguchi, and he wasn't able to pee for the longest time. So we were sitting there waiting for him to pee until about two in the morning. <laughs> Oh man! And then and then it was just, I was just so tired. I just I just went to bed, and I I've, I don't think I've ever gone out after a fight. I'm the worst. That's okay. You know, you you should only be thinking about yourself anyway. <laughs> At that point, it doesn't matter about the fans. Your performance in the cage is what, or the ring is what you know the fans are there for, right? Right. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shinju. Thanks a lot for joining me here. Uh, Anything else you you want to you know shout out to fans, shout out sponsors, uh, sort of just sort of seal things up, let people know what your plans are for 2018. The floor is yours. Yeah, you know I'm going into 2018 with the sucky injury, but I'm definitely definitely going to be back. So you know be on the lookout. Um, other than that, I want to thank El Nino Training Center, my boyfriend Brian, who's been there for all of my fights, and. Um, Field of Dreams, who had sponsored this fight, uh, they were they were awesome. Uh, in spirit and earth water as well. Thank you guys so much. Where can people find you in social media? Um, Shinju underscore Oclayer, both on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect, Shinju. Thanks a lot for joining me. Good luck with the injury. Uh, hope Thank to see you, you back in the cage soon, or the Appreciate ring. It. Thank the you ring. So much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Take her easy. What an episode to come back into 2018. Shinju O'Claire, thank you so much for joining me. That was an awesome guest, awesome show. Uh, I'm hoping to do this and dropping each episode Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. or so. We'll see if that continues on. You know, as I said before, life gets in the way, but that's the goal. Thursday afternoons will be a sucker radio afternoon. We'll have some great guests each and every week. So thank you for standing by. Thank you for listening. Big things come in small packages, and this one is the first episode of 2018. The small package is here. Open it up. Listen to it. Thank you, Nick, for hounding me and making me get back on this horse that we call podcasting. I know everyone out there and their mom and dog have podcasts. 
But this is Sucker Radio. You can check us out on MMASucker.com. Like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at MMASucker. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Check me out on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604. And again, check out MMASucker.com for all your mixed martial arts news, rumors, interviews, podcasts. With that, I am out.